Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Stuff. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors dropped their second game in Summer League by a score of 93-83 to against the Chicago Bulls. Final score is a little deceiving. The third units came in and uh, the Raptors were able to cut into the lead, but for the most part, the Bulls had control over this game for the entire second half at least and uh even though the raptors came out to a really nice start got up 17 to 7 behind uh just uh a sublime stretch from delano banton uh they were unable to retain that lead and were largely outplayed by the bulls who you know um were able to cruise to victory here kind of dominating on both ends so from the raptors perspective I think the two guys most of interest to everyone in the summer league is number one, Christian Coloco, and number two, Delano Banton. Last podcast, I began with uh, Christian, so today I'm going to go with Delano first because, quite frankly, uh, the best stretch of the game was the first five minutes, and that was all Delano all the time. And, you know, it started off well. He pulled up for three, and he banked it in. Of course, that's a little by accident, but uh, still... Good, off to a good start. Then a catch-and-shoot three in transition. Switched that. Then got a steal. Went the other way. And one finish through the contact. And then another three uh, on the wing. Catch-and-shoot once again. And then finally, uh, he gets a deflection. Pushes the break. Hits it ahead to uh, DJ Wilson, who's able to get his feet behind the arc for one of his rare buckets on the night and man honestly I think that's the thing with Delano is um, he has these stretches where he can be super impactful in a game and he can just string together five or six possessions in a row where he's you know uh, active defensively his length is an issue his speed in transition is his best asset Uh, obviously the ability to knock down threes will be just sensational If, if he could do that then he's in the rotation for me um, but also just the playmaking vision and the ability to get downhill. I think there's a lot of good pieces there with Delano, and we saw that at times last season. I remember there was a game probably in November or December in the regular season when Delano was still in the rotation, and I think maybe it was against the Kings. He was able to come in and do a lot of really good things. Now, of course, it's the Kings, and we're talking about Summer League right now, but you know, there's, there's some real potential there, and I think the upside... Uh, in terms of what we've seen from Summer League, he, out of anyone else on the Raptors, has shown the absolute most, which is exactly what you would want to see from a second-year guy who spent a whole year in your program and uh, obviously has spent, you know, I'd say he spent half the year with the actual Raptors and then half the year with the 905. When he went down to 905, I always really liked the energy that he brought and how decisive he played, and he looked dominant for that level, which is exactly what you want to see. And, you know, in Summer League here, I think he's shown stretches of dominance. I thought first quarter, especially the first six minutes, uh, especially his first shift before he came out, he was as good as you could really be in this kind of setting. Um, Just like I thought in the third quarter of Game 1, when the Raptors were able to beat the Sixers uh, in Summer League, I thought third quarter, Delano had a very similar effect uh, defensively pushing the break, you know, hitting some threes, scoring, all this other stuff was really good. Um, the issue is, I think Delano kind of just tailed off. Um, and whether that was the defense sort of like playing him differently, whether that was him abandoning the, the jump shot, 
uh, from three at least. He was still taking jumpers, but a lot of those were like mid-range jumpers where he would try to drive. The angle wasn't there. You got cut off, and you know there's two defenders in the lane, and he can't quite burst past both of those guys. So he's settling for that mid-range jumper. I don't think he has the touch for that, and that's something that I'm not seeing him do at the 905. So uh, I, I doubt that that's something that's you know over the course of a few months here in the offseason that he would have added to his game. But, um, you know, I think the upside is, is really good. And, again, the, cons- the consistency is just the th- issue with him, right? Like, I think out of all the guys I played today, he was probably the Raptors' best player, maybe second-best player, uh, if you want to be uh, a little critical of his game. But I thought he started well, and the issue is you just couldn't fully sustain that. Um, but I, I definitely want to see more of what he's done here. The fact that he's looking for these three-point shots – uh, is great, especially when you hit them early in the game. It feels like it helps them open up the rest of this game. Now, it didn't really fully happen today, um, and I thought the Bulls probably put some pretty good defense in terms of showing bodies in the lane and making everything contested around the basket. Um, but you just got to imagine a guy like Delano who is already very big for a guard, very quick for a guard. Uh, and, well, not very quick for a guard, but has enough quickness to go with the length to, to get an angle on his guy and usually either get all the way and finish strong at the basket or at least get an angle and stretch uh, for like a scoop layup or something like that. Um, For a guy like that, if he can have the three-point shot to any degree where the defense actually has to step up and respect it rather than going under, rather than sort of cutting him off, rather than just sort of, you know, being... Uh, ready to sort of slide backwards because you know he's going to drive, then that's going to make a big, 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 big difference. But um, other than that, though, I, I I just wanted to see that sustained. And that's the thing for me in summer league. It's like, okay, if he could put together, I don't know, instead of one of these quarters per game, two of these quarters per game, um, I think that would be a nice step in the right direction. But for me, I, I already sort of see Delano as somebody that the Raptors should be keeping. Uh, for the uh, this upcoming season. And, um, you know, I, I view him as sort of a step above these other guys who have training camp deals. Technically, Delano has partial guarantees in his contracts that kick in, you know, each time he gets to another level like summer league or uh, training camp. Or obviously, if you get retained after training camp, he's signed for the rest of the season. But, uh, you know, uh, for me, I see him already on the roster, and I just, uh, again, I want to see it more consistently. But I love everything I saw today. It's also a really nice move he made where uh, I think the defense came up to trap him, which is very rare. You usually, you rarely see traps against Alano just because of the fact that defenses are not that afraid of him shooting. But uh, because he had knocked down those early threes, a, a trap came, and he split the double team uh, and, you know, got skinny, got around um you know, the double and was able to then uh, get to the basket and finish with the layup. I mean, that's for a guy that big to split doubles. I, I think that's a real skill there. Now, of course, it, it re- those kind of double teams only going to happen once he, you know, shoots the three as effectively as he did today. Then, you know, there's an actual onus to sort of get it out of his hands or really, really prevent him from getting downhill or not even letting it open for a second. But still, I, I think that just kind of speaks to his skill level there. And, uh, you know, defensively, he's impactful for sure. Um, I would say he's more impactful jumping passing lanes and sort of containing the ball one-on-one. But honestly, based on what I saw today, a lot of guys have uh, issues guarding on the perimeter. And that's um, that's something to me where it was a little disappointing seeing the way the Raptors defended tonight. Um, you know, obviously, it's just summer league. It's, it's, it's a lot of guys who won't even make the final roster, uh, let alone even play in a rotation. However... The ethos of the Raptors is playing defense, and the Bulls 
55% shooting from the field, got to the free throw line 28 times. You know, yeah, they turned it over a little bit, but just anytime they got in the half court and was able to sort of run their offense, they were able to get downhill. Uh, and a lot of that I'm putting on the bad perimeter defense that the Raptors are playing. The other guy of interest is Christian Coloco, who, um, man, it's a disappointing game, I got to say. Um, you know, again, defensively, again, he was out left out to dry a lot of times because of bad perimeter defense. However, part of the idea is that you can play more aggressive on the perimeter because you have a shot blocker like Coloco behind you. And look, Christian still blocked three shots. Some of those are very impressive. You know, early in the game, you're seeing guys like, you know, the Bulls had an, uh, a guy named Marcos uh, Simonovic, and, uh, you know, he looked like a pretty skilled guy and tried to, like, spin and take it to the hoop against uh, Coloco, thinking that he had beat him with the spin move, but Coloco's so quick and long that he was able to recover and swat a shot out of bounds. And there's a number of shots that he changed. However, um, you know, this just wasn't fully enough on that in that, in that front. Like, I, I still want to see uh, a more... I don't know. Like we're seeing things right now, it's like okay, he's seven foot one and he's playing drop defense. Like if you play seven foot one, you're playing drop, and maybe the scouting report isn't fully out on you, so teams aren't like specifically thinking, okay, I'm gonna not drive because he's gonna block my shot. Then yeah, I kind of expect you to block three shots. You know what I'm saying? Like I think my expectations in just in that scenario, you should be able to get that. Um, you know, you had another pl- nice play where Raptors in the first quarter uh, were playing a sort of a one two two trap, uh, a, a, full, a, a press. And, um, you know, Coloco was able to come up above the three-point line, uh, be aggressive, uh, and deflect the ball, and it was able to collect a steal that way. And for a big to be able to do that, I think that's nice. Um, but, you know, you also saw some, you know, of the downsides. And I, I think for me, mostly it's just like on the offensive end, it kind of, it, so far what we've seen in two games in the Summer League, and it, maybe it's just a little bad luck and this and that, whatever, but it seems a little bit hard for him to get a guaranteed bucket. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the strength component right now. Um, because what you're seeing is, for example, uh, he gets the ball in the post, tries to attack, and goes for the hook shots. And I haven't seen him make one of these hook shots just quite yet. Um, again, the sample is small, so maybe we're just looking at a bad stretch here or an unlucky stretch. But, you know, I think that was also sort of the, the book on him at, at Arizona is just that, like, his finishing around the basket when he's dunking it, pretty good when he's not dunking it and has to sort of rely on okay maybe it's not like a guaranteed bucket but you know just imagine you know back in the day when you would just have like jv in the post and either you threw him directly into the post or you drove uh, dr- uh you know drew an extra defender towards you then the sort of short dump off pass to jv and he's in post position someone's in his way but he's in post position and he's close enough and he's able to sort of spin and, and, and use his touch, use his strength, use his footwork to get himself an open sh- or a relatively open look. He was fairly reliable. I think some of that stuff for Christian is very, very hard for him right now. The the, the fact that he's not really able to use his strength to sort of get position um, is, is already sort of making it harder for him. So he's taking shots from a little bit farther out with these hooks. And also, I just don't know if he has the touch to be scoring on some of these hook shots right now because some of them you're seeing him where he's like, you know, five feet from the basket, catches the ball and has to, you know, the hook shot's not a bad idea in that situation because I think his his uh, his length is going to allow him to shoot over the, his guy. But I think it's sort of the lack of repetitions or the lack of touch or anything like that because he'll, he'll shoot that thing and it'll go long. Um, and, you know, it'll bounce off on the other side. And it's just something like that where I think the touch sort of still needs to be there or the strength needs to get better so that he can just, like, get much closer to the basket so he's not even shooting hook shots. He's shooting layups. He's dunking the ball, something like that. 
Um, you know, you were start- or also seeing him sort of dabble with the the jumpers. You know, we saw him, um, you know, turn and face with a long J. Uh, you know, I think it was one of those scenarios where, you know, the Raptors are running enough offense where the ball sort of at the top of the floor and, and Coloco's usually reversing the ball and then setting a screen and diving. You know, you've seen the Raptors offense. It's, it's a lot of what they ask their bigs to do. And um, some of those times where the options have not been there or the defense has been really good in terms of just denying the ball handlers are coming up to receive the ball. Occasional, he'll just like turn around and look at the basket, square himself and shoot the long jumper. Now, he hasn't really hit those yet, but I like that idea. It seems to be something that he's working on. And, and quite frankly, you know, if, if the option fully isn't there and the, the, you know, defensive game plan against him right now is still to, you know, sag off of him, I do want to see him take more of those jumpers because I, I think in the long run, if the idea is to continue to run this kind of same offense where you do have your bigs facilitating a little bit at the top, the more that that big can pull his own defender out of the lane. Uh, the better the offense is going to run, right? The, you just imagine Surge operating. At the, well, I guess Surge was a good shooter too, but like, just imagine like JV operating at the top of the floor versus like Marcus Saw operating at the top of the floor. When Mark will hold it at the top, not only was it a much better passer, but also uh, his defender would sort of uh, hug up on him a little bit because of the fact that he can like turn and hit the three. Uh, and that allowed a lot of space in behind him in the paint to cut into. So for Christian to be taking some of these jumpers right now, even if he's missing them, I like the process of that. But again, I think I still think that like the finishing around the basket when he's, when it's not just like dunking the ball is still uh, lacking for me, right? Like there was a play where he caught the ball on the roll and I, and I liked the footwork one, two, one straight up to the basket. Uh, I thought he may have dunked it, but obviously maybe that, you know, opportunity wasn't fully there. You can't just expect the guy to dunk everything. He's not that kind of athlete, uh, but he went in for the, the layup at full speed and, and it sort of like rolled off the basket, even though that should be like a play you make 80, 85% of the time. Um, especially at this level, if you want to get to the next level, right? So, you know, there's a couple of things like that. And, um, you know, a couple of small details, like, you know, the second game in a row where I don't, I'm not sure if it's uh, Delano Banton's issue when the fact that, you know, he's the ball handler and he's moving too quickly, or it's because Coloco is genuinely trying to set moving screens where he's trying to create an angle. But this is two games in a row now where Delano and, and Coloco on a screen and roll have been called for moving screens. And either they need to get their timing right together or they just, you know, um, one of those guys needs to figure it out. But it's two games in a row. You know, those are turnovers that, you know, just come out of nothing, really. Very avoidable kind of turnovers. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, there are things where we're with Christian that, like, offensively, you can tell that he's not um, up to speed just yet. And even defensively, there were times, again, like, I don't think anyone was great – on the Raptors' side, in terms of the defense, and that was the most disappointing part, as I mentioned. But I think for me, just watching, um, you know, Christian sort of guarding these sort of um, drop coverages, you know, a lot of times he was getting beat. You know, there was there was a there's a time where he got switched out uh, onto a guard, and I wanted to see the mobility. And yes, he was able to, you know, step above the free throw line, and not quite at the three point line, but I think you know the the guard wasn't starting that deep where he needed to sort of step beyond the three-point line. I think, you know, he was close enough to sort of deter the jumper, but the guard was able to cross over, get into the lane, and kind of go underneath uh, Christian's uh, shot contest there. And I think that kind of speaks to a little bit of a lack of speed there, a little bit of lack of, like, flexibility in terms of being able to turn and, and, and open up the body to block the shot, stuff like that. You know, I, I, he got beat there. There's another play where same kind of uh, situation except this time he wasn't switched out one-on-one, except he was guarding sort of two-on-one with the ball handler and also the big 
behind him, and the ball handler was able to get him to engage uh, and then drop uh, the dump-off pass to Christian's man, and Christian had helped off, and Christian had fell over, uh, I think just not expecting that play to happen, and, and that allowed his man to score easily at the basket. Something like that is just like, okay, you know, you could see the inexperience there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, then again, you also see some nice things. You know, I thought as the game went on, he started to sort of settle in a little bit more. There's a play where, um, again, the Raptors running these situations, three-man weaves at the top of the floor where uh, they got the ball to Christian and his job was to sort of hold and allow his guards to sort of cut and receive the ball. And the Bulls were doing a good job denying um, the catch. And so Christian was just like, okay, I will turn around and hit this three. And it was actually like one or two steps behind the line. And he was able to knock that down. Uh, Obviously, his man was dropping off of him a little bit. Not even that much, to be honest. It wasn't even like he was dropping into the paint. He was like above the free throw line. But Christian sort of just, there was enough room for him. And also the fact that he's that that big and that tall, he's able to get the shot over and he was able to knock down a three. Now, that's just one three. uh, But it's significant to me in the sense that like, you know, I know he's been working very hard on his jump shot, specifically the three-point shot. And when you look at his collegiate stats, I don't think he made a single triple, right? So that's a really, really nice progression there. And again, that's another example of being able to sort of knock down that jumper when you're running this type of offense as a big is a massive, massive advantage if you can get it consistently, which I think right now is still a, a far ways away. Uh, and then another situation where he was able to catch the ball in the post. He was able to spin, step through the contact after getting the defender up in the air with an up fake, step through, and then finished off the glass with a little bank shot. Um, wasn't able to complete the end one, missed the free throws. He had another situation where he missed both free throws. So it just like was not an impressive game for him. I'm not trying to like gas this up. These are the only two baskets he made all night. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I, I, I liked um, some things from Christian's game. And there's also very obvious... Uh, deficiencies where you need to sort of see more development. Again, nobody promised a uh, finished product, so this is not a surprise to anyone. Uh, In terms of the other players of note, I would say another disappointing outing from DJ Wilson, even though he shot better. He had six turnovers, um, minus 22. It's just, I don't know, As a, it feels like sometimes he's asked to be an offensive hub or maybe he has the skill set to sort of try to create a shot. I think he definitely has some handle to go with the fact that he can hit a mid-range jumper or even stretch it out to three if it's a catch-and-shoot situation, but you know, a lot of these sort of scenarios, it just it's not that impressive to me. And also, six turnovers as a big is just it's just way, way, way too many. Um, it, it was a little disappointing to see on that front. Defensively, I don't think you can play as a five, which is an issue uh, because you know then your skill level really needs to play up as a four, which pretty much all fours nowadays are wings. And I don't think he fully has a skill set to play like a wing. But in any case, um, you know, the two games here, I don't think that we've seen the best out of DJ. And uh, maybe that's sort of more to do with the environment rather than necessarily what he can do because we, ha- we did see him perform in sh- very short stints with the big club. Uh, this past season. However, some of that was also clouded by the fact that, you know, look, like literally December and January all of last year, there was so many opponents that were just like either like they brought nobody across the border uh, or they just had too many COVID cases and were playing with like eight guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some of those games, it's, it's hard to draw like firm conclusions. Uh, and some of those games, DJ did play well. But in any case, uh, we haven't seen the best out of DJ in the, in the last two games. And that's disappointing to me. Uh, I think uh, uh, Arani Brooks had a much quieter game. Still looked for a shot, which I really liked. 17 minutes, got six threes up uh, and also got fouled for a three, I believe. So he was able to, uh, you know, get to the line. Um, But 
you know, uh, wasn't as effective as the other night. I think there was less of him being able to play in transition uh, and the pick and roll attack just either with Christian or with DJ just wasn't working very well. Um, in the case of Christian, he was getting, you know, missing a couple opportunities. Also got stuffed really hard on a on a, on a dunk attempt and that, that became a highlight. So go watch that if you're a masochist. But still, um, not the best outing from Armani, but I think it was closer to sort of what we might expect from him if he were to be retained in a bench role, which is that he comes in and guns for threes. And there is some value in that because he can knock those down. He started off cold, but I think he knocked down those last two. So uh, we, I think people know what the deal is with Armani. Um, so it's it's we don't need to harbor too much on his game. We also saw uh, David Johnson play 17 minutes and... I, I can't, he's on, he seems like a really nice kid, so there's really nothing to like um, dump on him for, other than just like I don't really see what the value is right now. Like, what is he bringing to the table? It's like okay, he does this right. What's what some of the other? Because let's, let's be honest, for a lot of these summer league guys, they're just looking for a role player, right? Nick was talking about this actually. If you go watch some of his uh, interviews at summer league, where he talked about okay, a guy like Justin. I know what he is. He's a rebounder. He's going to go after it and get it, right? He's going to go after it. He's going to get it. And unfortunately, we haven't seen Justin because he has been diagnosed with a uh, fracture in his uh, in his finger. Um, but still, uh, we know exactly what a healthy Justin Champagne can do. And if I'm a coach and I'm looking down the bench at a guy who I ne- might need to change the game or at least come in and be dependable, that's something dependable I know Justin can do and he knows his role. I know Armani's going to come in and hunt for threes and – yeah, obviously, you know, that's a high variance job. Some nights you're going to look really good. Some nights you're going to look really bad. But I know generally what he's going to do. He's not afraid to shoot it. It's good. I know Delano's going to come in and play with a lot of pace. And obviously, sometimes it's going to work. And it's going to lead to great stretches for five, six minutes. Sometimes it might look a little bit bad. And you get sloppy in turnovers. Today, by the way, Delano only with two turnovers. I, I like that. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's much more tolerable than, you know, the seven that he had in the other game. Even a guy like Christian. Okay, I know he's maybe offensively still has a ways to go, but defensively come and block shots, you know, grab some rebounds for you. Although today, I think he probably could have done a better job on that front as well. But nevertheless, like, you know, I know what his role is. For these other guys, I, I don't know how to answer that. In fact, I don't actually, it's not even like David Johnson has like a little bit of everything. Like DJ Wilson has a little bit of skills everywhere. None of them are near elite, but he doesn't look like, a one-dimensional player. If anything, he has, he's a jack-of-all-trades, sort of master and none type of guy, right? Like, David Johnson, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he's a jack-of-all-trades. Like, he might be a jack-of-one-trade, and I don't know what that one trade is right now, because at the G League level, I know he had an injured year, so it's hard to judge him, but, you know, he was not one of the best players at the 905, and he spent pretty much the whole season there, uh, or at least not with the Raptors itself, and now in Summer League, you see him come off the bench, and you know, nothing standing out. Like, if, if anything, he was probably the Raptors' worst rotation player today. And it wasn't that close in terms of defensively. He wasn't really covering his man. And also offensively, outside of a few cuts, um, you know, just it just wasn't there for him. Um, now, I think the guy who has probably leapt, uh, you know, leaped him in the rotation in terms of just sort of the way the Raptors are thinking about things is probably Jeff Downton who um, I've already covered in the last uh, episode. You know, he was really good in game one, and I thought he was pretty good here today as well, um, in contention with Delano as the best player tonight. And, of course, the competition wasn't that strong because the Raptors as a whole just did not play well. However, I like Downton's game. Um, He looks pretty polished in terms of as a guard. In terms of he can do a lot of stuff. 
he can um, you know create for himself just to it's just enough, which is a very important skill if you're going to have the ball and you're going to be a playmaker like him. He can find other guys. Um, only two assists today, but I thought he made a number of good passes. Uh, and, and it seems like catch and shoot threes and stuff like that. Like he seems okay on those. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a strength of his. Uh, if you look at some of his G League numbers, like you know you can maybe look for some evidence that, you know, uh, he's not that great of a three-point shooter. But, you know, when you look at this past season, for example, 22 games played, he shot 43% from three, only four attempts per game, which is fairly low by G League standards. Uh, I find G League games to be really up and down and possessions are a little bit higher and guys are shooting threes very uh, willingly. Uh, Four threes a game on 43. Uh, 34 minutes played is actually quite low volume for a guard. However, he hit 43% on those. He shot 55% from the field. And and there's a reason why the Raptors were able to bring him in. And they're excited because this is a guy who, when I'm looking at, okay, what can he do? Well, he's just like a classic either shooting guard or, or, or combo guard kind of deal, right? Like he's able to handle a little bit for you. He's able to score a little bit. He's got some craft. He can kind of tack off the dribble. He can hit, hit, hit catch and shoot threes. He's got... He's a little short in terms of like only 6'3", which, by the way, is not even that short for a guard, but for the Raptors, you know, if you're not 6'9", you're short. Uh, But he's got a long wingspan. He's guarding. He's competing. I like him. I like his game. And in two games here, he has been one of the Raptors' three best players uh, easily, I would say, in these two games. So I thought he had another nice game today. And I'm really curious to see what happens uh, coming out of uh, Las Vegas, it, obviously the Raptors have two more games here to play. And if Jeff can continue to impress in the games and also in practice, stuff like that, uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if he was assigned to one of those training camp deals and given an invite to try to try out for the 15th spot or who knows. The Raptors might even have two roster spots at the end there for some of these guys to sort of compete over. Um and then lastly, I think Ron Harper Jr., that's the guy who obviously has already lined himself a two-way uh, contract. He was undrafted, but the Raptors signed him on draft night. Clearly, they had prioritized him. I think he had a really good year at Rutgers and actually a really good run at Rutgers in general. And so I think he showed a lot more there than what he has done this level. But so far in the two games, not very noteworthy, not very impressive. And whether that's not him not being able to get some touches or him not being able to play his game or I'm not totally sure what it is because I'm not too familiar with him, just like I'm not familiar with pretty much everyone on the roster outside of Delano and, and Armani and to, I guess, a lesser extent, David. Um, and, and DJ, but like still, I, he just hasn't impacted the game. Like it's very hard to remember any discernible moments from these past two games in relation to what Ron Harper Jr. has done defensively. I think it's actually been a little disappointing. I thought the first game, the people were going at him a little bit here, kind of the same deal. Again, most people were disappointing defensively in this game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of expected to see something. And so far, I haven't seen anything just yet. And so hopefully that's behind the scenes in practice. He's doing a little bit better. I don't think he has to sweat too much. I think on the two-way deal, he's probably going to spend most of the year with the, the 905. But to me, my hope would was at least, okay, over the course of these four summer league games, we can see some outline in terms of like, these are his strengths. These are his weaknesses. He's going to try to play up his strength in the G League and work on the, the weaker, weaker parts. And right now, just based on what we've seen so far in the two games, I don't even know what those two things are. So I hope it's not another David Johnson scenario where he's on the roster, he's on the team, but he's on a two-way deal and the Raptors did draft him or at least acquire him on the day of the draft, but ultimately, you know, has not shown enough to sort of like pop at the next level. I think it's so important for 
guys who are in the G League to show at least they have one thing that people can bank on, like one bankable thing that a coach can say to themselves, I'm going to put him into the game because of this. Because coaches don't put nobody in the game because it's his potential or anything like that. And, and honestly, these guys uh, at that kind of stature, uh, when you're getting selected in the second round, you're undrafted or you're on a two-way deal, there no one's putting you in the game because the, the, the GM or the, or the executives are, are telling you to. You're, you're trying to win every game, and as a coach, you need to know what these guys are doing for you. So I hope to see something out of Ron, but so far I have not seen it, unfortunately. Uh, and so, yeah, to recap the game, uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, actually, no, I'm going to go with the three stars first because what am I doing? That's what I do first. First star, I guess I'll give it to Delano. 18 points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals, uh, three triples, which is really nice to see. Most of that came in the first quarter where he got off to just a blistering start, cooled off after that, but I thought um, that's something that the Raptors can actually use. That's something the Raptors actually can can can, can um you know, sell Nick on, you know, maybe potentially including him in the rotation. And I don't even think you need to sell Nick. I think Nick used Delano plenty as a rookie. And if the three-point uh, improvement is there, uh, I could see him at least getting one or two cracks at the rotation as early as the start of the season. I know the rotation is already quite crowded, but in terms of a backup point guard, that's the position that's still open. And to me, I firmly have Delano ahead of Malachi. I, Malachi might be more solid, quote-unquote, but I don't, haven't seen anything spectacular out of his position. Whereas, at least with Delano, I know there's an opportunity where he can have these little short stretches where he's able to impact the game and deliver a jolt of energy into the game. And that's something that, you know, there's a, there's a variability to that. There's an upside to that. Uh, that I think probably Malachi does not have that kind of ceiling to impact. And your second star is going to go to Jeff Dowden. 16 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 7-11 from the field. I like his game. Crafty. Um, you know, has just a, enough of everything in his game. Uh, competes defensively. And, you know, I, 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 sometimes I'm, what I'm looking for in summer league is just not to turn the ball over and to sort of get a shot. And Jeff seems to be able to do that at an efficient level. And so, uh, yeah, two more games like this. I think he's, you know, has an inside track to getting a training camp invite. Uh, and then your third star. This is so hard to genuinely find a third star. I don't know who it is because I don't think Christian played well enough. I don't think DJ played well enough. I don't think Ron Harper played well enough. Armani uh, only knocked down those two threes. David Johnson was, you know, just not good. So I'm going to give it to Ryan Hawkins who uh, came off the bench and knocked down three threes. What else could I tell you about his game? Not really anything, but uh, who knows? If he knocks down three threes every game, maybe he'll continue to get third stars. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's this this is a tough game. This is a really tough game. I was pretty disappointed having watched this one. Uh, In terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's going to go to Carleek Jones. Uh, Seven of seven from the field in 20 minutes as a guard. As a main playmaker, it was really tough. Kept getting to the basket. Had five assists as well. Broke down the defense over and over again. I thought he was Chicago's best player. I thought Dalen Terry, who was a teammate of um, of Christian Coloco at Arizona, also played well in a more supporting role, cutting in, in the moments that he needed to cut. Kind of played like a Javante Green type of role. I guess, no, that's not true. Javante Green also rebounds as well. Um, but in any case, you know, just filled in nicely around the edges. Uh, as a supporting player in in this game today, so um, I think in terms of the Battle of Arizona, he definitely outplayed Christian. But uh, you look, listen, the Raptors get a chance to bounce back tomorrow. Uh, they play once again, and uh, most likely I'll be back to recap it. So thanks everyone for listening once again. Thanks to my producer JR for handling these podcasts, and uh, I'll speak to you tomorrow.